Hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. This is our annual trip to InfoSec where we get to talk to the best, most influential people in the cybersecurity industry. Sit back and enjoy the next few weeks of our brilliant coverage from this fantastic event. So, hi and welcome and uh, thanks for coming along. So, what's your names and where do you come from, chaps? Good afternoon. I think we're in now. Uh, we are. Yes. My name is Paul Dignan. I'm a global technical account manager with F5 Networks. Um, about 20 years in the industry, mm. despite my uh, youthful looks, as it were. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> um, I've been with F5 for about six years. I look after some of our biggest global customers, particularly in the finance space. Ah, okay. uh, I'm a security specialist for F5, uh, but as we do, I dabble across cloud application delivery and all that goodness. T-shaped, as we like to say. T-shaped. There you go. <coughs> Fantastic. Dave McLean, systems engineer for F5. I'm actually a, a cloud subject matter expert within F5. Yeah. Uh, clouds for F5 means a lot of things. It can mean anything from uh, virtualization, containerization, through to obviously deploying in the public cloud. Uh, and something we'll cover this afternoon is, is also around automating and orchestrating that deployment as well. Mm -hmm. um, background, um, more in the security side of things actually. Uh, previously working for next-gen firewall vendors and uh, also setting up some of the, uh, you know, the first virtual data centers within the UK as well uh, about 10 years ago. So um, yeah, an extensive uh, uh, career on, on security and cloud. Fantastic, fantastic. So I'm going to ask a really stupid question to start with. Because um, we're not security specialists. Well, no, we try, but we're nowhere near, <laughs> nowhere near the level you boys are. So, you know, F5 has always been really, really famous for its firewalling capabilities. It's uh, it load balancing capabilities. Now, we appreciate it is infinitely more than that. Um, but what are the what are the real hot things at the moment? Where are you? You know, where's the technology going? Where is F5 going? You know, give us give us the lowdown. It's it's interesting. We're we're at Infosec, um, and everybody this year is talking about cloud security. Everybody, yes. right? For good reason. Um, we've seen organisations move from three, four years ago to being really reluctant to do anything cloud-based to cloud-first strategies across the board. Uh, and obviously at F5 we are evolving uh, and have been now for some years to, to keep up with what our customers are looking from, uh, for from us. Yep. Um, clearly our, our legacy is in the application delivery space where we've led the market for many, many years. Um, but for the last five, six years, we've focused really on security, and that, that's still relevant. You know? uh, as many organizations make this move, security is probably more relevant now in the cloud space because there's such a big attack footprint that, that's there. So many more services moving in, into that space, uh, and our customers have got applications everywhere now. So I was going to say, do you, do you find it's almost bi-directional as well? Just as there's been that that early adopter rush with, with people going to the cloud. Yep. There are now also clients, teams within clients that are now coming back on-prem. So, so yep. you're having to cover both, you're having to cover multiple different sort of dynamics within within that overall trend of cloud. So we've seen a little bit of that, uh, but the, I think the key thing is, um, despite these cloud-first strategies, mm -hmm. every organization, apart from maybe the born in the cloud, new small, medium enterprises, um, will have applications that will never go in the cloud. They're either too yeah. big or mm -hmm. they are um, they're too difficult. Or they're <laughs> going to cost too much money, let's face it. Um, 
I mean, one of my customers has uh, references in every conversation I have. They have a huge SAP deployment, uh, and they've spent millions of dollars over several years centralizing that into one of their data centers here in the UK. Yeah, they're not going to undo that overnight. No. The, the cost would just be ridiculous, and people would lose their jobs because you know, they spent all this money doing that. Mm. Now that said, they have a cloud-first strategy, and they're putting um, new applications into AWS, into Azure. Um, interestingly, we, uh, you may be familiar with F5 State of Application Delivery Report. It's something that we do every year mm. uh, based on feedback from our customers and um, people in the field. I think we had about 3,000 responses this year alone. Mm. Um, and on that report, we, we saw um, around about 54% of organizations saying that they're going to put applications into cloud. Where they will put them will be decided on a per application basis. So you're going to yeah. have, rather than I think what we expected in the, in, the, in the beginning where we thought customers would put an application in AWS and then they would use Azure for high availability, that, that's not happening. They're saying, wow. right, we're going to put this application in AWS and we're going to put this application in Azure because AWS does serverless compute with Lambda, for example. Yeah. Azure does Office 365 or it does better identity and access management yeah. or it fits our model better. So, And then they've got their on-premises one. So we have... I guess hybrid is not really a strong enough word now. We've just got applications everywhere, and they've all got to be secure. Yeah, I yeah. must admit, I mean, I've, I don't come across many many organisations any any long any longer anymore that basically say, yeah, we are beholden to or we have chosen to go down a single public cloud provider route, mm. regardless of whether or not they have a hybrid model or first. They might have a, a preference, yep. but what they'll do is they'll, they'll put the app, they'll put the workload. E even the data, they will put it in the best place for their business. Yeah. And I think from a from a vendor or a technology organization that they're delivering services to protect, secure, that just means that yeah, the chances of there being no cookie cutter end client, every single end client's different because there's a subtle at least a very subtle difference to how they're deploying, what they're deploying based on the apps, yep. based on the strategies and policies that they have for their user base, their client base, their contractors. I, it just must be, I mean, I, I can sit here and kind of describe the obvious, but I'll do it with a smile on my face because, yeah, you the guys, yeah, you guys are having to deal with that. I, I, I can just state the obvious. And yeah, we, we know. <laughs> what the challenge is, right? Because yeah. we're talking to organizations day in, day out. So you've got to imagine how difficult it is for these organizations as they start to make this move to actually come up with a strategy that says, you know, how am I going to decide how we're going to do this? Mm. Who's going to be responsible for it? How, which app's going to go where? Yeah. How are we going to control it, get visibility into it and secure it? You know, and keep that consistent when I've got applications in cloud one, cloud two, on-premises. That's a challenge and that's why uh, five you'll find is talking about what we call multi-cloud application services, um, which is effectively taking the the application delivery services that you know people know us for from from the past, the security services that you know we, we focus on these days, mm -hmm. um, and making them available wherever the applications will be. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just want to—I I can't remember. Apologies. David, you mentioned David. it, David. <laughs> no, uh, the names—the names I remember. <laughs> I <laughs> remembering who mentioned it, but yeah. I think it was a reference to AWS you made, uh, uh, and Azure with Lambda. Mm. Uh, obviously, a, a application, I just want to keep on the application side of things for the moment if I can. Yeah. Uh, there's 
there's a, a, another trend that we're seeing more of, which is containerization and, and serverless app yeah. deployment. And again, for me, that's just another layer of complication. I'd be really interested in, yeah, coming from a background of working with ISVs and, and, and app houses, yeah, yeah. When, when we look at containerization and the likes of it, I remember a conversation we had many years ago. You said, have you heard of, the, have you heard of this, this vendor, Docker? You should really, I just, oh, was listening to, you might have been listening to a podcast or reading an article. Yeah, on the it wasn't training. that long ago either, was it? Yeah, basic, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. it was about four years ago. Yeah. I was like, this is really interesting. I think we should keep an eye on those guys. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not just about, is moving to cloud enough? It's, yes. It's a case of how do I truly you know, get value of this cloud. And in yeah. the same state of the application delivery report, uh, you know, our customer site IT optimization has been the key thing mm. that, uh, the key driver to going to the cloud. Now, IT optimization can mean a lot of different things to different people. Could mm -hmm. be, uh, you know, um, ability to charge back onto their customers yeah. uh, as a service type functionality. It could be the ability to make use of auto scale environments where, yeah. you know, it's scaled up and down on a, on a per-demand basis. Um, so really, to embrace cloud is not just necessarily just picking up my app and hopefully moving it, which might be quite hard for that SAP environment, for yep. example, but on the ones where it is possible, it's also embracing the ability to automate and orchestrate, d deal with dynamic architectures such as containers, integration into you know think tool sets like Kubernetes, um, getting the visibility, ultimately, to understand what's going mm. on in the environment to then make decisions on what to do next yes. from a business perspective. Yeah. Uh, so at F5, of course, we know that that's a challenge. And so what we've done at F5 is we've created a whole program around helping our customers get there. Um, because a, a lot of uh, our customers have traditionally bought um, F5 as a you know a network infrastructure product, mm. doing traffic management. Yeah, yeah. But we understand that these other services and so on are, are also required. So. What we've done at F5 is created something called the Super NetOps program. And the Super NetOps program seeks to create a Super NetOps champion within our customers and partners. Right. Uh, ultimately, educate them, enable them on some of the conceptual things that would be required to understand how to move to cloud and an automated environment and, and a, uh, a dynamic environment, an agile environment, but also start to teach them about how to actually go about doing the hands-on piece as well. Mm. Working with REST APIs, working with integration into Kubernetes. And with that, the Super NetOps program is there to not only serve them in their own path about learning about how to do such a thing with F5, but also mm. other vendors, um, because ultimately the RESTful API is a pretty open standard that's, that's, uh, that's a use throughout the market. But also to help them educate people within their business as well. Mm. Yeah. The DevOps teams within those organizations that are ultimately looking to, um, you know, understand whether these network infrastructure people can can do something that they're doing, yeah. you know, whether they can provide a declarative interface to them to ultimately drive an automated workflow, for example. And it's really interesting because this is this is I think the first session that we've had uh, at Infosec where, yeah, we've had no disrespect to any other vendors and suppliers, but we've not had a, anybody else start to talk about DevOps and. Yeah, really, really starting to understand what struggles businesses have in taking what are perceived to be right. Yeah, the future strategy and roadmap is yeah we'll we'll, we'll create a, we'll create an API. We'll 
we'll, we'll build a method of, of, of better integrating and, and more seamlessly integrating for the benefit of the business. But then the subsequent implications of, of having done that, you solve one problem, but ultimately you, you don't create other problems, but you create other exposures, you create other issues and other workloads to have to deal with in order to manage that, in essence, new service. And I think increasingly, the, the internal IT departments in organizations, never mind in our, in our partners, yeah, they're being challenged to become more of a service-led organization in their approach to not just external clients, but within the business. Yeah. Uh, and again, is, yeah, I'd be really interested to see if that's something yeah, with, with the report and with, with creating this program, whether or not that's something, it seems as though you guys are picking up on that as well. That is what we strive to, to deliver to many of our customers who, who request it from us as well. Yeah. They, you know, they, they are ultimately looking to drive a self-service environment internally, yeah. most of the time, to development teams who need infrastructure on demand. We know that uh, you know, a quarter of all infrastructure teams wait over a month for access to infrastructure. I mean, this is a limitation that's severely yeah. hindering how they go to market with and compete against their competitors. And um, you know, maybe it's a, 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 an aspect of the millennial generation. You know, we ex those developers are often expect things now. You know, and uh, and uh, waiting a, a a month for access. You know, a VLAN yeah, to be created is just not cracking. But you know, funny enough, one of the things we spoke about in one of our earlier podcasts is that. That's not a bad thing. And actually, that's being driven by the workforce that we have today, the consumers that we have today, who expect an always-on, secure by default, very um, transparent and seeming, you know, seemingly simplistic access to anything, anywhere, anytime. So, you know, that has to be driven. That has to drive that very, very rapid deployment of infrastructure. But then, more importantly. Because very often when you deploy things quickly, you deploy things very insecurely. Nah, and I yes. think one of the things I like about what you guys are bringing to the table is you're almost wrapping that security piece. I mean, because as long as soon as you start automating security, you start automating the deployment, you get, as you've spoken about, that programmatic interface, that REST API piece, immediately you're in a place where you click a button and you don't have to think about security because it's all done automatically. The worst thing you can do is have a situation where you've got to log into this console to, to build the VLANs to do this or God forbid uh, uh, you know an engineer has to go with his really old thick fat laptop that's still got the serial port on it <laughs> and go and program a freaking switch I mean come on <laughs> so you know that sounds like you've done that in the past yourself I have done that in the past security yeah. becomes free you know it's no labour yeah it, so it gets rolled up as part of that deployment yeah. this is the thing I mean you're absolutely right it's uh, how often have I heard you on a podcast say you know what if if I was going to set my own business up tomorrow, I, you know what? I, I, I'd go into integration. Yeah. Yeah, that, would be, yeah. that would be the sweet spot in the area. And you know what? There's a reason for that. It, it's increasingly in demand, one. It's the devil's own job to get right. And, and actually, yeah, it, it's not a commodity. I don't think it'll ever be a commodity set of skills. No. But if you can abstract those security considerations away from that, you you got to yeah you have yeah. i think we also have to be uh, we have to be aware yeah. of how the, the teams who are doing these jobs how they think right when i was in a customer a couple of weeks ago and uh, they were talking about security for their new customer facing application um and obviously at f5 we talked to them about web application firewalls <laughs> and uh, how you protect the application the best 
but they want to do it in a DevOps environment. So they've got a DevOps team who are great at developing applications, <laughs> have absolutely no idea about security. They've got a security team who know exactly what they want, have no idea how to do it, and they've got an, op an operations team who can deploy it, but have no idea how to configure it and don't want the responsibility anyway because they have no idea about the applications. And this is, this is a, the challenge, right? How do we pull all that together, simplify the process so the security can be baked in from the start, yep. um, and so that we don't get gaps? Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly it. It's baking it in from the start. It's, it's not making it an afterthought or a, oh God, something's gone wrong, we've now got to secure it because all that ends up with is first and foremost, weakened security and secondly, probably a lot more costly um, security architecture because you've got to wrap around and bolt on top rather than just bedding in from day one. So yeah. that makes perfect sense. Look, guys, thank you ever so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah, we shall uh, speak to you soon. Thank Welcome. you very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to this InfoSec Security Special. We're going to be back next week with more coverage from this fantastic event. Stay tuned and speak to you then.